I think we just start off with like how the Russ conversation went. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should because Russ brought up a comic book that uh, he doesn't like the cover to. <laughs> this is something that happens, right? Like we're just hanging out, we're chilling, we're going through comics, we're hunting, you know, going through books. And sometimes there's a comic book that just resonates with us, with us like in a way that doesn't with one another because of things that are beyond collecting. Experiences that we had with the books, maybe something that went south with the book. And I have some like weird books I just really don't like, like some covers. I think of, uh, I mentioned it a few times, but you know the book, Avengers Annual Number 10? Yeah, yeah, First Rogue. All right. It is so busy. It's such a busy cover that for over a decade, I associated that book as, yeah, it's the first appearance of Rogue, one of my all-time favorite X-Men heroes, but also as one of my least favorite key books that exists because I legit thought, man, there's so much on this cover and she's not even on there. But she is. And I legit thought for like 10 years that there was no rogue to be found on that cover. Like not at all. But there absolutely is a like shadowy figure introducing her in like a tiny little panel. And I, I missed it. You know, isn't there like a thing within our collecting hobby that some comics we just have a distaste for for some absurd reason? Yeah, like there's two major Silver Age keys specifically for me. That I can respect them as keys, but I just do not like the covers, okay? And one of them is A Tales of Spence 39, First Iron Man. First Iron Man? You don't uh, like the first Iron Man? No, man. That's, it's just a stagnant cover. You see some hands grabbing these blocky steel parts, you know, some, some lame boots and gloves, and then there's this, like, tin can of a hero. Oh, my God. And it's an awful background. I was just like, no. But it's it, like an action shot. He's like putting it together, man. No, man. It's not. It's a guy <laughs> looking like he's swiping out of... Fr- I don't know. It's I don't like it. And then Spider-Man 1. I cannot stand... ASM? ASM 1. That cover. Yeah, it's, it's kind of rough. Dude, it's like a bad representation of that. FF doesn't look good. I don't know what's happening with him. Just kind of like in some star position like this in this front cover. I'm just like, dude, this is after AF-15, which is amazing, okay? You, I you see ASM-1, you know, and you're just like, God, I just, I, just, I just don't like those two books, man. I mean, I like the books, but the covers, every time I see them, I just, they rub me the wrong way, man. So I'm chatting about this with Russ, talking about random comics we don't like. And sometimes the books are by famous people we really do like, like some of our favorite artists, and this whole conversation started with his commentary that he brings up like every single time he finds this book. He always has to go out of his way. We're like doing the mail call. If one of these goes out, he stops and like looks for the person nearby just so he can be like, look at this cover Bill S did. And it's, uh, it's Hulk uh, 296. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know, it's that situation where like, you know he's going to talk about it, and you hear your name, and you know it's going to be like an eye roll situation. Like, oh, God, here we go again. The Sienkiewicz, Rom, Hulk cover story. For Why good I don't reason, like though. It is. It's it, a weird Rom position on this cover. Yeah, I mean, basically, Rom's looks like he's just got bare butt cheeks <laughs> towards towards you. It's the perspective. It's, the, it's like off the right hip of... <laughs> Rom. We're going to get into how artists are able to visually move where your eyes look by how they draw and the placement they place on the comic book, like the art, in just a little bit. In this case, the focus is on Rom's ass. Yeah. I mean, it quickly, like, you travel <laughs> up from his heel. And up it's very his sharp, calf. too. It's like a steep. Yeah. You're traveling from his heel up his calf 
past his hamstring to his glutes, his robotic <laughs> glutes. All right, and then quickly whip over to Hulk. So you just like, and there's Hulk. <laughs> and by the way, um, after you've seen my steely bottom, hey, the Green Hulk is over here. Okay, so this is actually what went down, though. So prior to to Russ and I kind of getting a, a kick out of talking about 296 again on the mic, it was because I had a book come in from Australia, and I told Russ that hey, I picked up this book. And the reason why I picked it up is because I know Jeff has a distaste for it. And I wanted to see if there's anything interesting about it. Because that's how foreign comics go, comic fam. You start diving deep into the foreign copies, the editions. And holy smokes, do you learn stuff. Most of the time, it's just the same. You know, maybe it's a different cover. But sometimes you, you, you find a winner. And I had an opportunity to get some Australian books. And when I saw this book on that pile, you know I had to get it just to see your reaction. So... Without further ado, Jeff, take a look at that book that's right under there. <laughs> what are we looking at? We're looking at an Avengers 4. Describe that cover for our audio listeners, because uh, we do broadcast this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud in the event that it's more convenient for you to listen. Yeah, so it's your standard Avengers 4 cover. It's the first appearance of Silver Age Captain America. Okay, he's back. And you have, you know, your characters, you have Thor, Iron Man, Cap, Submariner in the corner because he makes an appearance. Dude, he's the one who goes and gets him and brings him on up to the surface. Yeah, at some point, I think he launches him into the water, okay, in a, in a frozen cube. And uh, the Avengers seem to be uh, cruising by in a submarine. If I remember, because I read this story, I did a whole little video on it on my IG, and uh, they, like, just grab him in. They don't even know what they're grabbing in. They're just grabbing in this floating figure in an ice cube into the ship and thaw him out. And like, there he is. Whoa, this is Cap America. <laughs> well, you know, some Jack Kirby goodness right there. And first off, I know you don't have a distaste for the art. Beautiful art. This is, like, this is one of the most classic Captain America covers around, man. Like, here's the thing, though. Talk a little bit about why this particular comic is, you know, rubs you the wrong way just a little bit. Yes, yeah, so obviously, I, I mean, I love the book for what it is. I do, and it's a great cover. I just have history of this book that just every time I look at it, it reminds me because I have bought this book twice in a CGC holder. U.S. I, edition. U.S. edition, right. And um, I've pressed it to upgrade it, okay? And it's supposed to be an easy press both these times. And yet for some reason, I messed up the book twice, two different copies, and I can't understand why. It's a white cover. It should be straightforward and easy, easy to clean. And you, easy and, it, to press. and you did it once, and then you did it again. And then like, and I couldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to fix it. Or if I did fix it, I pressed it one more time after that and messed it up again. And I'm just like, I was just racking my brain on this book, you know. So then eventually, I just put it away for a little while. I gave it to somebody else. I was like, listen, I'm cursed. I don't want it. Take it away from me. Press this book for me, man, and just submit it because so, I am not good on Avengers 4. So do you get flashbacks? Even if it's a foreign edition, do you get a little bit of a flashback? God, do you, do you no, feel it in your I gut? Don't, you don't, don't get it? Okay, it's not there anymore. No, not not for the foreign. If the cover looks even a little different. It's not a little different. It's completely okay, this isn't. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's orange. This it's, cover is orange. Okay, but if it right. was a standard Avengers 4. Yes. When you see that book. Memories it, will come flooding back. Do you feel it in the inside? It's a little guttural, yeah. It's, it's in the gut. Yeah. It's not in the heart, it's in the gut. It might travel up to some acid reflux a little bit at some point, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think enough time's passed on it, but I am extra weary. Like, I'll, if I see a slab one that I'm going to buy thinking to press, I will automatically go back to those two places and 
like, okay, clearly there's something about this book where I need to be extra, extra cautious of the steps I take, okay, with this book. Like some non-existent thing, you know, like there's no extra amount of caution you actually could make because that last press is the last press. It's not going to affect your new press, but you act as if there was some tie between this lineage of Avengers 4s that you're screwing up. It really isn't, right? I mean, it's still just another Silver Age book. Okay? <laughs> it's just another Silver... Dude, there's no right? difference between that and then the number five. Yeah. Or the number three. No. Or the number one. But for me, there is. <laughs> it really is, Apparently. though. Okay, so right here we have a fun book, um, New In Comics in Australia. This is kind of a fun little thing about this publishing company. It short-lived, like a year. They went on a stint to make what at the time they called, I believe, I mean, you know, there's only so much documentation on this, reprinted Marvel comic books. Now... We don't use the term reprint anymore when it pertains to editions of comic books from other countries. This came out in 1975, and that's when Newton Comics was releasing these comic books. And it kind of tells a fun tale of how printing comics and comic sales is a difficult thing, and that's not just a U.S. challenge. They would bring Marvel titles to the market with Units sold in the upwards of thirty to 40,000 for the first few months, and they thought they were on a gold mine. And you know, this would be one of the earlier issues that would have a larger print count. So this is actually something pretty readily available. And some of the differences, of course, it's oversized. What you're going to see here is it's an oversized book. Um, a lot of these are really tattered because they're oversized. And it, yeah, it's an orange cover. Like it's, it's weird. It has a weird orange tint, but that's typically found when there's limitations to the inks that they could use. And the interiors, because it's Australian, it's in English, um, but it is in black and white. Well, look, it's also got a Conan 1. Yeah, we got a Conan 1 um, on the interior front cover, an ad, which is pretty cool. That was going to go on sale August 30th of 1975 in Australia. So if you needed that info, you're very welcome. Um, but... I was hoping that we would be able to open this and find something cool besides me just kind of joshing a little bit about Avengers 4 with you. And we found something because that's literally how this freaking goes. How dope is the thing inside that we found? So the entire book is black and white. Then you get to the centerfold, okay? And then you have this amazing poster, double-page splash feel, okay? And clearly it's Storenko. You look at it. You're like, wow. They put they ranked the Avengers 4. Yeah. I didn't even know that was freaking possible. Apparently, it's possible. Dude, he didn't. Down under. They did it, and they put it in color. And I knew immediately. I'm like, oh, he did only a few issues of Hulk. Let's check Hulk 110. And sure enough, this is the spread in Hulk 110. They changed some color work, okay, clearly as you can see. But I want to remove this from the screen real quick because I want to do something fun here because we were chatting about how artists tend to position art in order to gain your uh, focus, right? Captain America was on the top right corner of this picture. Now, Jeff, I want to know from the audience, how many characters were on this two-page spread? Because, Jeff, do you remember what you said when I did this little experiment with you? I, I showed you the cover and I said, how many people are on this cover? Guess. What was your gut guess? I said 13. You said 13 and I'm like, okay, 13. Comic fam, be honest. In the comment section below, I want to know what you thought when you... Don't go back. Don't cheat. I'm going to know. I'm serious. I'm going to know. But what do you put... What do you think when I said that? Because when I tell you that there are 30 characters on these two pages, yeah, you're going to see that the Starank knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, when you look at the original version of this, when you said it was Cap 110, that's that classic Hulk uh, Captain America cover. The color scheme is different for the U.S. version, and it makes a difference because in that version, it you draws your eye to this pink character in the far right, and then you see his gun pointing to Cap, and then that circles around to Bucky up top, which then also then circles back down to that pink character, and your eye just gets caught in this rotation of action there. That's right. And the rest of the characters are great and busy, and they're still highly detailed, and it tells a great story but they play a background character scene to to what's really happening. So that's just a really interesting um, just science of art telling where you're able to direct the viewer's eye to where you truly want it to go and to still keep it in the picture and not just exit off a of frame. So much intention goes into the color choices. And if you compare the U.S. edition to the Australian edition, you'll see that the Australian edition, you kind of get lost because it all kind of becomes a blur. They're all kind of dark. There's none of those highlights on the character on the right making him red. I mean, that accent was done with purpose. And yeah, I just thought that so cool to be able to show to the community the differences, but also Australian Avengers 4 with Steranko on the interior. How dope is that? No, absolutely. Come on. In Avengers 4, uh, an edition from uh, Australia, and to get to see how they imagine the cover to be or something that they feel is going to be more appealing to their culture uh, of that country opposed to the U.S. and how we like to see our covers, it's just always fun and historically interesting. So as you scroll to the last page, because I want you to see this last ad, um, the new company, as I mentioned, they started out selling upwards of 30,000 units, but over time they would find difficulty to move the product and they would end business. They would close up shop within a little over a year. That's pretty quick. And, um, you know, so to be still putting out classic material like this and still go under just shows, again, just how difficult it is. And then when I'm flipping through this still, before we just kind of get away, this has got an FF4 in here as well, which is the first uh, Silver Age Submariner. So they're going from Silver Age Cap and they're going to bring in the Silver Surfer, Silver Age Submariner. That's right. 